Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So we uh, we left Warrington four years ago uh, last this last month four years ago last month um, and moved to Withenshaw. It was one of those moments where we felt God say separately. We felt God say step closer to work, and uh, I'll be honest, it was first Andy Campsall that said to me, "I stepped into our house and I felt like it wasn't ours anymore," and I said, "Don't be so stupid. I love that house. I love Latchford." You work in Latchford, we're not going anywhere. What I didn't tell him is that I'd been on right move. <laughs> and I kept going back to right move and I kept going back to houses in Withenshaw. And I was like, what the heck's going on? I think at one point I launched my phone onto the sofa because it was doing my head in that I was looking at houses because I didn't want to move back to Manchester. And I waited a week until I admitted it to him. And uh, we began the journey. And we didn't know why. We just felt that God was calling us to move. And it's funny, isn't it, when you look back on, on your life and you see that God knew exactly what he was doing. You know, I look back to that prophecy at 12 years old and sometimes you can think, Is that, was, that, was that right? You know, and my situation's changed, so maybe God's changed what's going to happen and, and all that stuff. And yet, all we need to do is keep our eyes fixed on him because he knows exactly what he's doing, he knows exactly where we need to be, he's got a plan that he'll work out, because it's his plan, it's not ours, we just need to look to him, and, and I've seen it over the past couple of years, it's been incredible, it's been tiring, it's been a baptism of fire, two years ago you wouldn't have seen me with a microphone in my hand, it petrified me, um, and God's just been at work, God's been you know, working in me in a massive way, and, and working through us as we, as we go into that community, it's amazing. And you've heard some of the stories, and I'm sure you've heard stories coming from your grocery in Orford. And it's amazing just when we're providing for the need of people and allowing them to get to know Jesus in the process. That's what's been incredible. I love it when I see Jesus touching lives. It's something um, like I'm not an emotional person. Like, you know, I cry, I'm not, I'm not hard, but uh, I'm not a particularly emotional person. I've, I've now got like a, a number of girls in, in my office and I realised that how emotional some people are. And I'm like, I really am not as emotional as you lot. <laughs> but when Jesus changes lives, that fills me with emotion. And, uh, and we've got some incredible people that are coming through and journeying with us. Um, we had a lady, she was going to come today actually, um, called Davina, who came to our church about six weeks ago, gave her life to Jesus, and she's come from a, a lot of brokenness. It's very clear, brokenness is very clear. And um, she came on the Sunday, and then it was Bank Holiday Monday, and on the Tuesday I turned up at work at eight o'clock, and she came bounding over and she said, what can I do to help? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, she followed me around for the first two hours, helping me with all my jobs, and uh, I said, to, she said, I've missed everyone. So I said, it's only been a day. She said, I know, but I've missed everyone. And she's around all the time. And uh, God's at work in her life. And I realized God was at work in her life last Friday when someone said to me, I was in a meeting and someone said, you need to go and see Davina. She's devastated. And uh, so I nipped over to see her. And when I say devastated, she was sobbing like a baby. 
And I thought, what on earth has happened? Because Davina is like, she's the funniest character, proper Manchester, Hacienda, done all that stuff. And um, she was sobbing and I went over and I said, Davina, what on earth is the matter? And I'm waiting for something terrible. I've done the same again. And uh, she couldn't speak to me for crying. She'd have been up all night being sick. I feel awful. I've done something terrible. And I said, Davina, what? Just tell me what you've done. It's okay. We can sort it out. And she said, that day when you said I could go into your office and get that grey book with the people's testimonies in, I took two more. And she's sobbing. And I said, Davina, you know I'd have given you them books. I know, but I've just got a thing about books. So I said, she said, I'll bring them you back. So I said, no, keep them. Pass them on to someone else when you're finished. And she said, I can't do that. Because my fetish with books is that I need the person who's wrote it to sign them. So I'm going to have to bring them back in for Andy to sign. <laughs> but I had to stop myself from laughing. But the reality was she was feeling the weight of what she'd done that she wouldn't have felt before. She said, you know, she's saying to me, you've welcomed me in and I've done this to you and I'm so sorry. And she was so repentant over these two books and I started to think, flipping heck, I've done worse this week <laughs> and you're sobbing over two books. But God's at work in her life. And what I love in, in lots of uh, occasions and as we've seen across these last couple of years is when God touches one life, he doesn't just touch one life, he impacts others. And we've seen whole families come through we had a lady at the grocery whose mum didn't want to know. She was so standoffish. And then she came to the Christmas extravaganza and gave her life to Jesus. And what they didn't know is that their estranged brother and son was doing the Alpha course with us. And that whole family's been reunited. In fact, their dad was released from the priory for two hours one Sunday, only if he came to church. And he sat in church for two hours and he gave his life to Jesus and is following Jesus now. It's incredible. We've got a, a couple who go to the over 50s group and uh, they never wanted to do church, which is fine. Um, and then one week they said we might come and they came to church and, and the guy's got a, a brain tumour and he struggles with his speech and he struggles with his walking. Um, he they both came and she gave her life to Jesus. And uh, the plan was that they're going to move to Wales. It's been a plan for years that they're moving to Wales to be with their son and daughter-in-law as they get older. And uh, they started coming to church every week and then she went to Andy Campsall and she said, Andy, I need to tell you something. She said, you know, we're moving to Wales. We've changed our mind. I've told my son and daughter-in-law we can't move because we've found family here and we can't move away from them. She said, but they've been good about it. And what they've said is they want to come and join the family too. And her son and daughter-in-law have moved to Manchester. And last week I baptised her daughter-in-law. And this lady was a... Um, she was made to marry a Jewish man at 15 and have a baby at 16. And she was, she's a very, very nervous lady. And I said to her on the baptism session, you do not have to speak if you don't want to speak. Like, we'll play it by ear. Let's just do Let's see on the day what you feel like. You can write something down. We'll just go with what, what's best. And she came up to the front with the others. And uh, I pulled her over to me because I knew she was nervous. And as she walked over to me, she starts crying. And she comes and she stood with her back to the congregation. And I said to her, do you want me to share your story? And she said, no, I'm ready to speak through tears. And she shared a testimony of getting to the point because of all the abuse that she'd gone out one night to set herself on fire. She shared a whole story, but with her back to the congregation. 
and then she got baptised. Her husband now is the man who saved her when she went out to set herself on fire. God's at work, and he's not just touching one life, he's touching multiple lives. It's incredible. It's what I live for. I love it. People being accepted, people being loved wherever they're at. When people find community, they find family, don't they? And we're seeing it time and time again. The verses, as uh, Adam said, are clearly the same as last week's. Um, we had a bit of a thing in the office this week because there was four of us out this morning. And uh, I had Sam Ward coming out of the office and saying, oh, I'm thinking this and I'm thinking that. And don't give me your thoughts. Because as soon as you get someone else's thoughts, you go in a different direction. I was like, just don't talk to me about your talk. You just do it. Um, so let me read Romans 12, 9 to 16. It, said, love, it says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I'll be honest, when I read it, it wasn't me that chose the verses. I just said to Sam's got a few grocery visits, and I just said to him, do you want to pick a verse and do, do a talk that you can use again? And he picked these verses, and I hadn't read them, and I come to read them, and I thought, it doesn't need a lot of explanation. It's quite a, it's quite a straightforward passage. We can even shorten it and just say, just love one another. Just love one another. It's simple, and at the same time, it's not always easy. But Jesus went before us and he paved the way and he showed us what it was to love. To love those who reject us, to love those who hurt us, to love those who annoy us, and I'm sure there's none of those in this room. To love those who hurt us and offend us. He loved well and he didn't sit with the people who were godly and good. But the ungodly, the friend of sinners walking with the broken and loving to the point of the ultimate sacrifice of death on a cross. And he calls us to that place of sacrifice too, a life laid down for the sake of the gospel, a life laid down for the sake of others. And so often we, we see our serving as a bit of a chore, don't we? Even when we're happy to serve, we see it as a bit of a tick box, a bit of a chore, a bit of a, aren't I good, I've done my service, aren't I good, I've gone on a church rota. But you know what? We don't even deserve it. We don't deserve to serve. It's only by his grace and mercy that he allows us to be part of his plan, that he allows us to serve in part of his plan on this earth. Sometimes we just need to remember that it's an honour and a privilege to serve the kingdom of God, an honour to walk with the broken, an honour to be family to the lonely, an honour to love the people because they deserve to be loved no matter where they're at. An honour and a privilege to point people to Jesus. I've got a lady with me. She's asleep in the car. Um, it's how it goes with people sometimes. She came in with me this morning. And uh, she got baptised the other week. And she texted me afterwards. And she said, I have never felt as loved as I feel right now. Uh, I've never been accepted in the way that you've accepted me. I've got a faith for my future. And uh, a few days after her baptism, she went on a bit of a, a spiral 
and I, to be honest, I was in work and I was worried about her, so I didn't have a meeting in and I jumped in the car, she lives around the corner, I jumped in the car because I wanted to go and double check that she was okay and I got there and she was okay but she wasn't great and I stood in a kitchen and she said, I think I'm losing my faith and I said to her, just listen to this. And I got my phone out and I began to read the messages she'd sent me the week before and she fell to the floor in a heap and she sobbed and she cried out to Jesus again. And I said, that's the hope you had. That hope's not gone away. Jesus hasn't left, no matter how you feel. These are the people that we walk with, people who are broken and hurting, who have had so much go on in their life and just need people alongside them. Earlier in Romans 12, in fact, the very start of the chapter, it says uh, something that we need to take note of because actually it's there that we get the advice that will help us live out the, the passage that I read. It says, therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. True worship not just songs on a Sunday, not just Bible time in the morning, although they're great things, but true worship. Offering our feet to go where he wants us to go. Offering our ears to hear what he wants us to hear and to listen to others. Offering our hands to lift people up and point them to him. Sometimes I think we don't love him enough to give everything over to him. Sometimes I long to love him more to long to love him enough to be fully surrendered to his plans no matter what the cost and sometimes I just don't think we're there I just don't think we're desperate enough but God has instilled something in us as individuals that he needs for this this world that he needs he needs every individual to work out his plan we've not been misplaced as a character he's called you to be here and he's got a plan for your life you might not know what is that it, what that is yet but while you're waiting to fully know what that looks like you can do this love others he will build his church but his church will be built when we live out Romans 12 it's up to us to play our part the calling of going out and loving others so that they might see him so that people despite all the pain and heartache of life can get to know the one who created them I, um, for a couple of weeks, I've had a song going around my head and uh, I always like it when I get something like that happen because I suddenly think, oh good, this is God speaking to me for, for another talk and it bides me a bit of time. Um, and it wasn't until yesterday when I sat down and the song started to go round and round in my head again and I thought about this talk and I was like, oh, okay, that's the song. I'm not going to attempt to sing it. You wouldn't want to hear that. Um, it's as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. And it's a really old one and it's a really mellow one. I listened to it again and I thought it doesn't really reflect what the song is saying. The way they sing the song, the way it's really mellow, like there's a deer just wandering around a little bit thirsty. When actually when a deer pants, it's because it's running away from danger. It pants for water in desperation desperate for refreshment but sometimes we can be a bit passive can't we a bit complacent and more bothered about living our lives than laying down our lives 
wallowing sometimes. I don't know about you, but sometimes wallowing in, in stuff we've done wrong because we feel like it, it makes God realise how sorry we feel for it when actually he just wants us to get up and keep running towards him. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All he wants you to do is get back up, keep going, to run from complacency, to run from sin, to run from guilt or shame and to run towards him is our hearts longing for him. As a deer pants for the water, so our souls long after you. What if we ran with commitment? What if we ran with desperation, searching for more of the one who laid down his life for us, ready to take on all that he offers? don't know about you, but I want to be in that place where I'm desperate for him, where I'm longing for all that he's got for me. It's from that place that we learn to love well. That's the place where we get to live out these verses. Everything falls into place. When we're filled with him, we can love people with all sincerity because sometimes people are hard to love. You might find it easy, but sometimes I find it hard to love people. In fact, I find it hard sometimes to love people who have been Christians for many years because we have expectations sometimes on each other, don't we? But God, in this last two years, has given me so much grace for people. But it's had to be in a place of knowing him. It's had to be in a place of running after him. I wouldn't get through it. There's no way I have enough myself. I pray every morning on the way to work, God, give me some grace to get through today. Give me grace for others today. Jesus laid down his life, and when he laid down his life and rose again, he left us with his spirit, a helper. He defeated death and we have the gift of eternity with him. And we're all going to die one day. Talked about this in our church the other week and I said, unfortunately, it's terminal. We're going to die. But how and when we'll die, I don't know. But the better question to ask is how are we going to live in the time that we've got? Let us never be a people who talk the talk, but a people of action. People who are so full of him that we love well and live well, running away from all that would trip us up and running to him to be filled. Let us be a church who love the unlovable, who have patience and grace for those who are hurting. Let us be a church who God chooses to place the lonely into because we love well. I just wonder this morning whether... Uh, this evening, whether there's, it's time just to say to God again, God, I long for more of you. I long for your plan and purpose for my life. I don't want to do the mundane things of the day without looking to you. Or oh, there's a call on my life and I don't know what that looks like, but God, I'm going to give it back to you because I've grabbed hold of this plan that I think you've got for me. And I'm gripping onto it and I'm trying to make it work because I, I really believe it's right. But it's not even my plan, it's your plan over me. So I'll give it back to you and God, would you have your way in my life? Would you guide my steps? Let me pray. God, we thank you that you're at work. God, I thank you that we get the honour and the privilege of doing this life with you. The honour and the privilege of pointing people to you and populating heaven. God, we long to know you more. God, we're desperate 
to, for more of you and to be living out your purposes in our life. God, we don't want to miss what you're saying. We don't want to miss what you're doing. So God, I pray even tonight that you'll speak to us. Pray even in the next 10 minutes, in the next evening, God, would you, would you speak to us and would you reveal some stuff to us? Maybe the stuff we need to lay down, maybe the stuff we need to pick up. Maybe we need to give that plan and purpose that we've, that's been spoken over us back to you and leave it in capable hands instead of trying to handle it ourselves. God, we love you and we trust you and we thank you that you're at work. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.